This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. Welcome back to the second part of our conversation with Dr. Stephanie Benny on Meaningful Physical Education. In the first part, we had a nice conversation over Stephanie's completed PhD work and looking at the implementation of meaningful PE in teachers' practice. We also discussed the dimensions of the meaningful PE framework and how teachers use reflection in their classroom as they are implementing meaningful PE in their work. And so in the second part, we will move on. It's a good idea to listen to the first one, first part before this one. And so we'll move move into exploring, for example, the Meaningful PE book and some thoughts on misunderstandings of meaningful physical education. And to introduce our guest, so Dr. Stephanie Benny completed her PhD at Brock University in Canada, and currently she is working as a postdoctoral researcher at the Norwegian School of Sports Sciences in Oslo. And so welcome back to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And to kind of jump directly back into where we left it in the first part, I mentioned that you also have a meaningful PE book that came out and you were one of the editors in the book. And so there were different authors reflecting on different perspectives on the uh, implementation and the framework itself. Could you maybe share some some thoughts on kind of working as a team to book, put this book together and what are kind of the new things and ideas that you found from this process and reading the other authors' interpretations of meaningful PE? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say first in terms of the process that honestly this was um, a really enjoyable, really great collaborative initiative, you know, and sometimes uh, collaborations can be really challenging, but they're important even when they're challenging. And this one just felt really easy. Like it was very easy to have these conversations and and work with all of these amazing authors. And one of the things that that I really love about this particular book is that uh, it is, or I'll I'll say in our minds, it is. It's meant to be very practitioner focused. So written by practitioners about their experience, with the intention of of sharing some ideas with other practitioners. And so that's been a very uh, important part for us is, um, you know, sharing ideas in ways that can actually help to inform practice for other people who are interested in in some of these ideas and so forth. So the book is kind of uh, two sections and, and the one section is chapters that are written by teachers who are working in, you know, primary, secondary schools, working with students to try and facilitate some of these ideas about 
meaningful PE. Well, I mean, there's a section that actually outlines the approach. And then there's this this uh, piece about teachers and their practice and then teacher educators and how they're using ideas from our LAMP project, Learning About Meaningful Physical Education, which focuses more on sort of implementing these ideas in the context of PEAT. So preparing future phys ed teachers to teach this way in their practice with with students in, in the future and to focus on meaningful experiences there. So yeah, it, really great experience for me. Um, I did write a chapter in the book about my experience teaching primary physical education, but also, you know, was working as a teacher educator as well at the same time. So being able to read the chapters from both contexts and, and to learn from that. And, you know, for us, so many of these teachers who are writing chapters are, are people who we've connected with through Twitter because they have similar ideas or uh, we've done some research with them and things like that. So being able to learn with and from them has been such an amazing experience. And and also being able to, to just sit down and write some of these chapters and think through these ideas, you know, and, and kind of reflect back on five or six years of research on meaningful PE and our experiences and where we've come from was just a really, really wonderful experience. And so, um, you know, to be able to share that with these these people who have helped us learn so much. Yeah, it was a really, really amazing experience. And I think the book is quite practical and there's a lot of ideas there that are helping to inform my practice and, and hopefully can be useful to other practitioners as well. Mm-hmm. Can you share some examples of those? What are the new ways perhaps that the book offers to inform practice? For example, what are the thoughts that you took from it? Yeah, I think um, so many of the, I mean, we, we look at the chapters in this book as, and see like that a lot of these chapters are coming from research studies that help to inform the development of meaningful PE. So even the first part of the book where where we we sort of outline, you know, the democratic pedagogies and the reflective pedagogies and all these things. Really, that whole, the way we've positioned Meaningful PE in the book is a result of what we've learned from these chapter authors and these different, working with these different practitioners. And I think one of the big things for me that was a takeaway was looking at so much of what I've done with Meaningful PE was in my own practice, you know, studying my practice as um, a teacher and going through that literature review, implementing those ideas in my classroom walking away saying, oh, you know, autonomy support, this is really important. And, um, you know, using the language of the features, these are things that are important. But then kind of taking a step back and working with other practitioners and reading their chapters and listening to what they have to say, it was sort of this realization, this sort of humbling moment of this looks different for different people and kind of making me take a step back and say, making me take a step back for a second and, and say, like, my way is not the only way or the best way, which we always try to come to, I'll say, I always try to come to my research that way and and be very open to hearing, you know, especially working with teachers and wanting to learn from that. But there can be maybe this underlying, or at least my perspective of meaning and meaningfulness was so rooted in my experiences as an athlete, my experiences as a teacher, that being able to step back and say, look, in that context, this worked very differently. There's there's one chapter in the book from another teacher who is teaching in a very different context where, uh, you know, her school is is located in, in Ontario, 
not that far from mine, but she's working with a lot of students who have recently immigrated to Canada with their families. And so uh, English is not their first language and uh, they've not had the types of PE experiences that, that our students have had. And uh, working in that context and seeing how the students are responding to some of these ideas and how she's having to structure her PE program and things like that, it, it's just such a wake-up call that what I do day in and day out is not necessarily PE for everybody else. It's not necessarily what what I think is meaningful and what may be meaningful for me and for my students may not necessarily be the best approach in other contexts. And so I think just being able to to take that step back and, and reflect on the ways that my practice, it might be good, it might be working here, but it may be different from what's needed in other places. And maybe some of those ideas are needed in my context as well. And so I think drawing from that and being able to see different contexts and then, you know, to the point that that we made earlier about even going beyond these contexts in North America and, and wherever we've done this work so far. Um, that's really intriguing to me and, and being able to move past some of that. So I think it, it really has led to me having to challenge assumptions and, and the way I've always done things. And I'm excited about the ways, uh, you know, our research portfolio might, might diversify and we might go in different directions and ask questions that make me challenge some of those assumptions in other ways. And I think the book was a a nice way to to do that to some extent and wonder about how we might do that differently in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you briefly mentioned that, yes, your own sporting experiences and then your own experience in physical education certainly shape how you view meaningful experiences. I think it's always nice to hear a little bit like what are the personal stories where people come from. So maybe just briefly share us what is your kind of own background in 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 sport and and movement cultures yeah yeah um i think my experiences as a young person in physical education were not very good mm. um but i had very positive experiences in youth sport and maybe that's why physical education wasn't good because i, I was wanting it to be more like my youth sport experiences and so for me uh, you know i really enjoyed team sports especially basketball i lived and breathed basketball as a, a teenager and I think so obviously that very like uh, team sport based I was very competitive and uh, coming through school and coming out of that and doing a little bit of coaching I very much replicated the types of experiences that I had I liked a coach who would yell a little bit you know challenge, push me, challenge me, push me to the point that I thought I was going to break, but I didn't quite break. I, I liked that experience so much that I found myself replicating it. And then moving into um, being a physical education teacher, I wanted to be different from the types of experience I had. And I wanted to recognize that not everybody wanted the types of, of sporting experience that I had had in as their PE experience. But in spite of wanting to change that, I don't think I did that very well. I think I went back to it over and over and over again and, and found myself being the type of PE teacher I had experienced in, in school and um, going back to constantly thinking that it needs to be competitive. What's the point of this if there's not, you know, if, if we don't do some some skills and some drills and move into a game and 
just a very traditional physical education experience. Yeah. And so um, I think I started to change that a little bit beforehand, but coming to research on meaningful PE, it was kind of like, okay, I, I want this. I want to change. How do I do this? And and asking some of those questions. And really, I think self-study research really helped me as well because uh, it put me in this place of being reflective and challenging my own assumptions and asking questions over and over again and made me stop and go, why am I doing that? Why did I just say that? Why did I just do that? And not being able to explain or reconcile the decisions I was making in my teaching with this philosophy that I had, at least in my head, that I wanted to move into my practice. And so I, I think that was a real turning point for me in my own practice. And um, being able to, to question or at least acknowledge that, okay, not everybody wants the same experience that I had. And while my intentions were good, they weren't necessarily translating into meaningful experiences for my students. So getting really explicit about that, really getting to a point where I was willing to look at my own practice and, and say, nope, that's not what I want to be doing. I want to make this change. Inviting others, having a critical friend in self-study who, who would challenge some of those assumptions for me in a kind way, but, you know, challenging me to go a little bit deeper and ask some questions and think about why I'm doing this or why I'm not doing that. And, and sometimes being able to justify why it was or wasn't and other times saying, I don't know why I, why I am or I'm not doing that. And so I, I want to be more intentional about my practice. And, um, and so that was a, a really, really great experience for me and for my students mm -hmm. <laughs> as well, who probably were not experiencing much meaningfulness uh, beforehand. But uh, maybe some of them were, some who wanted a very competitive or sport-based program. But yeah, so, so I think that's been one of the, the biggest things for me is separating my experience as an athlete or my experience. And, and, and I think my experience of meaningfulness and movement has also changed uh, through this journey, you know, with me thinking about, well, what is it that I find meaningful? You know what? It's not just having to play a competitive team sport. It is being with other people and challenging myself and, and moving into, you know, uh, new phases in in my life where I just can't be playing basketball every day and, and having to find ways to find meaning in forms of movement that I would not have said were meaningful to me before like you know long distance running and things like that that I didn't enjoy previously but now I can see how that's changed as as my life has changed as I've gotten a little older and and I don't have those opportunities for team sport and things like that so kind of seeing how my journey as a mover has changed parallel to my journey as, as a practitioner, as a PE teacher and a teacher educator, and those things have changed as well. And it's just been this really interesting journey about my meaningfulness, my students' meaningfulness with movement and those types of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's fascinating how different personal experiences we have and kind of being aware that what is meaningful for me is not necessarily for the other person because I guess I'm kind of the opposite to you that I always enjoyed like these things that you do alone like I think like orienteering we'd probably do it with a partner or then just like 
some athletics like long jump or high jump where you just kind of try to figure out how to do it without having other people like <laughs> disturbing you. So I was kind of the opposite from you. And so kind of becoming aware that there are so many different pathways that and experiences that people find that are the ones that kind of take them back that they want to do again. And then the challenge to be able to kind of provide something for all children who have all these different preferences, what they find meaningful or don't. So this is like a huge, huge challenge for teachers. Absolutely. And also understanding that what they find meaningful today might not be the thing they're finding meaningful 10 years from now, right? Or the sustainability of that, the, the way that things change as our lives change and, and setting our students up not just to find things that they find meaningful today, but to, to understand their preferences and know how those might change and how they can account for that in, into the future. Because I think for a lot of us who love team sport, you know, the older we get, the more challenging it becomes to find those opportunities and make that happen. And, and so there's got to be a, a look to the future and, and introducing them to some activities that, might, that they might find meaningful in the future as well, right? Yeah, I think this openness to new experiences is so important. And sometimes even if developing an identity in one activity, I'm a basketball player or a runner, can be like really important. But if it becomes that it's limiting you from exploring other things because you strongly identify with this one activity, then it becomes also kind of narrowing your horizon and your possibilities. So yeah, there is this tension. Yeah, so interesting. Let's move on to... Like the the blog on uh, learning about meaningful physical education is a very popular one. There are loads of wonderful resources to explore these questions further. I'll link it to our conversation. And you also contributed, you wrote two blogs about these conversations and in, these questions around what meaningful PE is mm -hmm. and what it is not. And so as I assume that as a background, there have been like these discussions and these I don't know if they are misunderstandings, but at least very different interpretations. So maybe just share a few thoughts around that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's. I think maybe this. This. I mean, this is something that I did as part of my kind of the the conclusion of my PhD. I created this infographic that this is what meaningful PE is and is not, and. Um, it's kind of a compilation of experiences I've had with teachers, with practitioners, and conversations that have happened through questions at uh, conference presentations, and you know things that have have come up, or or things on Twitter, and these types of things where we've had so many amazing conversations with people who have asked questions that have have challenged us to go a little bit deeper, to think in a different way, these types of things, and think. Um, it was so much thinking, so much processing. And then at this time, I was also working on a project where we were trying to to say, like, what are the top 10 research questions for meaningful PE going forward? And so I was thinking about all of these things. And, and, um, and then I just kind of, it just kind of came out like in five minutes, writing this list of seven things that meaningful PE is and is not kind of as a, a conclusion of four or five years of conversations on the topic. And, and it was, you know, kind of in response to thinking that sort of some criticisms, but also the way that sometimes things can go to one extreme or another. And I think most often we're looking for more of a middle of the road approach where it's not 
meaningful PE is the approach to prioritizing meaningfulness. And you no, know, it's like this compilation of ideas that we think can work and totally open to understanding that there can be other things as well. I had this very distinctive moment with uh, teachers in my doctoral research project where we're having a conversation about what the meaningful PE approach is, totally unrelated, like it was about sharing this with some colleagues or something. And um, they were talking a lot about all oh, social interaction, fun, challenge, those types, those sort of features. And I said, well, you know, those are good. Those features are good, but that's not all there is to the meaningful PE approach. And then the room just got very quiet. And then one of them said, well, what else is there? Like that was this question of, oh, if there's more, what is it? We don't know what it is. And it was this moment for me to realize somewhere along the line here, I have gone very wrong in how I've positioned this and presented it to the teachers and that, you know, everything else that I've sort of presented those democratic pedagogies, the reflective pedagogies, all of these pieces, the goal setting, all of that is somehow lost in that the, these features are the only thing that's on their mind. You know, it is, was a good moment for me also in realizing that if this is the thing that's on their mind, this is the thing that's very accessible, you know, maybe that makes it a good starting point and those types of things. But it was kind of a moment where I stepped back and said, um, maybe we need to clarify some of these things a little bit more. And so that's kind of where the blog post and the the, the sort of infographic and, and so forth came from and sort of saying like, you know, meaningful PE, it's, it's not a checklist. It's not if you do A, B, C, D will happen and D will be meaningful experiences. It's not this guaranteed formula. And I think as practitioner, it can be really easy to want. Uh, we'd all love a guaranteed formula that would say, if you do X, Y, Z, your students will have meaningful experiences all the time. But, it, you know, it really doesn't, doesn't work that way. It's kind of contrary to the nature of meaning and meaningfulness to think we can have uh, some sort of an approach that's going to work that way. And, um, you know, so kind of, I think the idea behind the blog post was challenging us to go a little bit deeper than just those six features to say, hey, this is not the only thing there is. It's not a standalone approach. It's not meant to be a, a PE curriculum or something that's that's going to become VPE program in a school, nothing like that. It's something that we see as as in being uh, easily integrated with other models and approaches that can be used in physical education instruction. You know, it's it's not one of the big things for me, and I get a little bit passionate when I talk about it. And we we talked about it previously already, but just that you know, it's not this. It's not one of the things on the on the list. Is that it's meaningful P is not aimed at maximizing students moderate to vigorous physical education in PE. It's not just about how can we squeeze 60 minutes of movement into a PE class. It's more like I think of, of that, that saying that people have about, you know, if you teach a person, if you give a person a fish, they'll eat for a day. But if you teach them to fish, they'll uh, eat for their lifetime because they can go out and do this again. And, and that's kind of what I think about with Meaningful PE is saying like, hey, it's it's not just about having 60 minutes of movement, you know, 60 minutes of movement once a week is not enough anyways. It's about saying, how can we introduce students to their personal playgrounds their movement playgrounds here in PE in a way that's going to 
inspire them to to want to find those playgrounds outside of PE and to be active in other contexts. And if that means it's 55 minutes of movement or 50 minutes of movement and 10 minutes of reflection and these types of things, then I think that's a, a, an effective 10 minutes like we talked about before. So just wanting to, you know, clarify those things to go a little bit into the, the autonomy thing. Sometimes we talk about democratic pedagogies. People think that we're saying that everything in PE should be the students making all these choices for themselves and having this free-for-all PE experience. And, and that's also not what we're advocating for. We're saying it's, it's a framework that, that can help to guide age-appropriate decision-making. Sometimes that might be, we've got these three choices. Which one would you like to explore? It might be saying, you know, making a choice about your, your level of challenge in an activity. It might be engaging, especially older students, in some decision-making around the types of activities we're going to explore across the year in physical education. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that the teacher doesn't have a role to play or is just walking in there and babysitting while students run rampant around the gym, you know. So just clarifying some of those things. And of course, it's also really important to us to clarify that we don't see this as the golden ticket. We don't see it as the answer. You know, we see it as um, some ideas that we think have been, you know, informed by research, informed by practitioners' practice. And, and hopefully, um, create a little bit of a framework and, and an idea about ways forward. But we also think that the, the work that other people are doing in this area is challenging the way we're thinking. And we think there's a lot of research that's yet to be done. And so it's very much a work in progress and, and um, something that where it's constantly changing for us. You know, in five years, it may look very different and, and we're very open to that. So I think it was just, yeah, just a, an, an effort to say, this is what it's not. This is what it is right now, but it's also very fluid and and things that are are changing as we go and as we keep learning and and just to keep the conversation going, you know. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that this was kind of somehow bringing together four or five years of research, reflection, interactions with different people and how they have interpreted meaningful PE. And you also mentioned that you were kind of exploring what would be the top 10 research questions for meaningful PE to move forward. So I'm really curious, what are like your top, let's say top three (laughs) questions that you have for meaningful PE? And then I'm really curious to hear just where you're taking your own research now that you've started your postdoc work, you're based at um, working at the Norwegian School of Sports Sciences. You'll have very exciting conversations with colleagues over there. So what are the directions where you are taking your work uh, from here? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I think in terms of meaningful PE, and I don't necessarily have like this list of questions that each of these will translate into a study, but more like this idea of like these large questions or, or categories of questions. That I think there's more to be done in meaningful PE in terms of professional learning, teachers' professional learning, and in peak contexts, which we have done, you know, a lot of that in terms of that and pedagogy is kind of what we've focused on to ne- to this point. And there's more, there are more questions to be asked there. But as, you know, in terms of me going forward and what I'm really interested in right now in and what I plan to do through my postdoc research is to go more in the direction of talking to students and students' experiences where we've worked so much with practitioners, with teachers, teacher educators. But I think it's really, really important to talk to students about 
meaning and meaningfulness in physical education, both in terms of like in a general sense and in terms of, you know, we've got students who are in classrooms with teachers who are trying to use ideas from meaningful PE and ideas from the literature about meaningfulness. And is that actually translating into meaningful experiences for students in their classrooms and and asking some of those questions. And uh, also, I'm really interested in contextual differences in cultural differences and things like that in different parts of the world in terms of the meaning and meaningfulness that students do or don't find in PE, where PE programs might be different. And to some extent, I mean, I'm Canadian. I, I spend most of my time in Canada, but I, I am now here uh, doing some research in Norway. And I'm really interested in this is maybe a small scale difference, but there are some important differences, I think, between the culture and the context and the way PE is presented here in Norway versus in Canada. And some of those things are, are questions to me, but also going into contexts that are quite different and comparing that and, and how that looks. Those are the things that are kind of pressing for me. And then another area that I'm, I'm really interested in, and I don't know if I'll have a chance to engage with it, but maybe somebody else would like to take it up, is this idea of meaningful PE and policy, because I think that's something that's happening now where we're, we're seeing this in being worked into curriculum documents and teaching standards and these types of things. And I have questions about what that's going to look like and how that policy is going to translate into practice, because ultimately uh, it's I, I love seeing things that are that I think are important translating into policy documents because it shows that there's a valuing at some level. But you know, policy has to translate into practice for it to ultimately actually have an impact. So I've got questions around that, and I think it'll be really interesting to see where that goes and and how we can um, engage with that and and see that policy translate into some some large scale. Um, practice. So yeah, I think there's so much, so many questions to be asked around meaningful PE, but I think it'll be student experiences for me that's at the top of the list. And it's early in the process for me. I'm still very much planning and and devising a plan and so forth, but hopefully in the near future, I'll be able to share some of these things and, and share about students' experiences. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to reading this and perhaps we have another conversation in some some time after you had the yeah. possibility to do the research for the policy part of it yeah this is extremely important there's a research idea for somebody who has the mm -hmm. opportunity to do that it is really exciting times because lots of people are interested in these ideas and it's just very interesting to see how the different perspectives that are brought to the conversations yes And so this will be, I think there will be a bright future uh, for meaningful PE and seeing where it goes in the future. So I really enjoyed the conversation. I'll link some of your articles that we touched upon in the show notes so all the listeners can go and read a lot more. And the book as well that was out last year. And the blog, as mentioned earlier, is a great resource for kind of shorter texts to get some more ideas on meaningful PE. So Thank you so much for the conversation, Stephanie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Through Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. 
If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.